This is what makes getting lean really easy because you're so nourished. Your body is not craving. It's completely satiated. Your energy level is great. Your libido is great. You're just all around kind of like a well-oiled machine that's operating with less. What is up, BA family, and welcome back to another episode of the Breathe in Air podcast, where everyday action meets extraordinary mindset. Today, we have fitness coach, private chef, someone who is really on the come up in the fitness space, but is doing things differently, really embodying fitness and health from a holistic perspective, has done all the esoteric biohacking when it comes to sauna, cold plunge, red light, all of these things, but also looking at health for what it is, an individualized approach based on your specific goals. Paul and I discuss how he has been able to, at a young age, come into the industry, come into a space that is somewhat saturated and really separate himself apart, or as he would say, become an anomaly. And I think a lot of what Paul does and the success that he has, not only from building an incredible physique and getting into the culinary arts, is being able to intertwine mindset with everything that he does at a very young age. If you're someone who wants to build confidence, whether it's in your body, whether it's whenever you walk into a stressful meeting and you know you have to perform, if you want to have high libido, if you want to be someone who isn't groggy, has high energy, has strong muscle, is able to outpace everybody else and has a competitive advantage, has joy in their life, but also doesn't have to sacrifice a lot of the things that a lot of people in the health and wellness industry make seem so unattainable. Paul does a great job of being able to incorporate mind, body, spirit, your relationships, the whole package of health, not just a simple aesthetic. Now, if you want that aesthetic, Paul can definitely bring that as well. But it's all about what your goals are and how you want to go about your approach and being able to make something that is sustainable. So we get into diet, we get into training, we get into building a lifestyle and a mindset that is sustainable for your optimal health. If this is your first time tuning in today, welcome to the VA family. We're so happy to have you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. If you've been listening for a little while and you've been getting value from our content and from the guest, do us a favor and review and rate wherever you're listening. It helps move the show forward. It helps propel us in the algorithm, those beautiful algorithms, and helps us continue to bring on high-quality guests that you guys love. So go ahead and hit that button. Without further ado, let's get down to business. It is my pleasure to introduce to you chef, trainer, fitness extraordinaire, Paul. Thank you for joining the show, brother. Appreciate you having me, Doug. It's been it's been a year since we last spoke, so yeah. everything's come full circle and I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about since last time we talked because you know, you've been through, you know, some transformations of your own and helped a lot of people on their own transformations and and kind of a change of scene even here in Miami. So, what has it been like, you know, recently for you? What's been going on? Bro, it's uh it's pretty hectic, but I love it. It's like controlled chaos. Um being at where I'm at in life right now is just 
you know, um, when you when you produce such extraordinary results, people don't really care about your degree, your certificate. It just kind of travels through word of mouth. So I've landed, you know, private chef and training jobs for, you know, high level entrepreneurs, professional athletes. Ilya Tupori was here a couple of weeks ago, got to uh, meet him and cook for him. And uh, mm-hmm. you kind of just put yourself out there and things happen spontaneously like that. Call it synchronicity. Yeah. Calculated luck. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's putting yourself in the right place at the right time. And you're a young entrepreneur, 22 years old. You know, you're just early on your journey. So for those of you, the people listening right now that don't really know much about you or, you know, you know, your journey this far, you know, how did we get to this place? So coming from a small hometown in Oregon, like you kind of hit the top 1% easily in terms of, you know, self-development, you know, if you want to train and get jacked, it's pretty easy to dial in on that. But then you go out to a bigger city like Miami and you realize you're not that fucking special, (laughs) you know? But what separates you from the rest is your character. I think a lot of the people that bet on me and hired me instead of well-established, more seasoned, um, you know, 40, 50 year olds that, you know, have their career set is because they acknowledge that I have the skill set to provide the same results, if not better. But it also boils down to who do you want on your team? It's not just about the results, but, you know, the compatibility. Do you share the same values, the same the same morals? So I think that what separates me from, you know, other youngins. Because, um, yeah, bro, just, just character carving throughout my whole life, doing things on my own, cultivating my own wisdom, and, and people respect that. And um, I can't speak for the people I work with, but I think that has a big part to do with it yeah you might want to move just a tag closer. Uh, my bad no you're good just want to make sure we get good yeah um yeah it's it's interesting because i feel like not only in the health space and what you're doing and like you said people see the results that you're getting and at the end of the day that's more important than a degree to somebody um but even in like the business space too i feel like we're seeing younger people in the marketing space with marketing agencies with you know utilizing social media and businesses are starting to realize that, you know, the younger generation is really actually moving the needle in a lot of places where, you know, millennials or the older generation that didn't really grow up with technology or isn't, you know, even in the health and wellness vertical and space, like the things that have been coming out over the last decade, were not necessarily available to a lot of people um, in that, you know, age bracket. So it is interesting to see that shift, but it also opens up a whole entire world for entrepreneurs um, that are going to go take what's theirs. And I yeah. feel like you've been able to do that and kind of define a space for yourself. Yeah, bro. I love it. I mean, I got so many young guys in my DMs, like email marketing, short form content, whatever, just shooting their shot. And it's uh, it takes a lot of courage to kind of go against the norm, you know, despite what your family's telling you, the the path that you thought had, you know, like you envisioned this kind of life for yourself since you were a kid. Like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be this. And all of a sudden, times are changing, and you got to kind of, you know, walk away from that path. So, yeah, bro, I love to see it. Um, and for those guys out there, you know, just focus on being the best at what you do. It, it can be anything. Like, you could be a pet trainer. But if right. you're the best pet trainer, <laughs> yeah. like, you got it. You got it all. 
Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, the cooking piece of what you do. And I think it's, yeah. it's such a staple and so much more, uh, you know, results based even than training methods to an extent. So what kind of got you into, you know, cooking and, mm. and what's your relationship with it today? Well, cooking is such a essential part of my life not even in some cliche way but like to my subconscious it's very meditative you're really immersed in the present moment Mm -hmm. i started at a very early age just being self-sufficient not the best home life so i had to learn things on my own and you know spending a lot of time with my grandmother growing up you learn some things and it's a it's a form of self-care um and then as I got into my teenage years, I went into a paleo restaurant where I started as a busboy. But then, you know, I started, you know, chatting up with one of the chefs. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I give it a shot. And then they're like, well, like, we don't even have to train you. Like, you're a natural at this. So I started chefing up there. And, uh, you know, it, it's so bizarre because people always ask me for cookbooks and recipes. And when you kind of learn your own sauce, like mm-hmm. you, you don't really go by recipes. You know, we're not talking about two tablespoons of salt, one <laughs> tablespoon. It's like you just go, kind of go as you yeah. cook. And um, yeah, no, no culinary background or formal education in terms of cooking. But, um, you know, when you learn how to take care of yourself and the people you work with, your family, why not have that expand into business? Yeah, yeah. I think... I think that speaks volumes too, because experience trumps, you know, all other quote unquote, like teachings or learnings that you could have, you know, being able to be in the arena, you know, try something and have it taste like shit or like know that, you know, you fuck up the recipe six times, you're going to try and figure out what's good. And then, like you said, you get used to these profiles of taste and seasonings and what works, what doesn't work and all the little nuances that go into, into it at the end of the day, it's like, it's fun. It's an experiment and it is meditative to a sense, but I feel like in today's society too, you have a lot of people, you know, all these, uh, productivity gurus and and people like this. It's like, they're like, yeah. Oh, you know, I could go to Chipotle and and this, this, this for this much money and and save this much time and and exponentially increase my business. And Mm -hmm. what do you have to say to those people? To any objection towards cooking, it's always flawed, bro. Um, just a little anecdote here. When I was working with a private client in Vegas, um, we took a private jet to Scottsdale and I was cooking for like 50 people. Then we came back, but I came back a day earlier because he wanted to stay there for golfing. So I come back and obviously we were gone. So there's no groceries, uh, no car and no Amex. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's chill. And then he like sh- uh, texts me the next day, very short notice, like in 10 minutes, like, Hey bro, I'm coming home. Anything to eat? I'm like, Oh shit. You know, cause like I've never missed a beat so far. Every single meal fresh, ready to cook. But this, this was a little different. So, um, I was like, I can make you a smoothie, hold you over. So I make him smoothie and then uh, I get the card and then uh, 30 minutes later, he's like, bro, I'm still hungry. And at this point, I thought I had time to get my workout in. So I'm like, okay, drop the workout, literally hit Whole Foods, hit the butcher. Wait, uh, let me backtrack. So when he texts me, I'm still hungry. Like, like, should I just Uber Eats? And I'm like, fuck, like I'm in the middle of this workout. I was like, yeah, bro, probably Uber Eats this one time. But I take a lot of pride as a private chef. Yeah. Like prior to coming out to Vegas, he told me his favorite food was eggs benedict but with crab so i was literally practicing that dish 
and it's not a cheap dish to practice <laughs> yeah. and it's easy to fuck up too especially like the hollandaise sauce but anyway i take a lot of pride in my work and i was like i'm a private chef in training he's doing uber eats right now i'm dropping this workout haul ass to whole foods do a little grocery run hit the butcher because when you get the best of the best you can't get everything in one spot you gotta go everywhere farmer's market right butchers. right so then i get back home lay out everything cook i think it was like a steak and egg with like a arugula sprout salad with like yeah. a fresh homemade dressing balsamic vinegar or something and i had it hot fresh and ready before his uber eats order arrived so if you're <laughs> telling me you don't have time and plus like when you order it's just like you're like you're just waiting around you know it's really easy to cook at home um i know it's just like i think it's just a cope when you say you know it's too hard it's yeah. too demanding um you're just kind of shying away from making a fool of yourself but to learn you know there's youtube you yeah. just go through trial and error yeah and i think you know health is wealth right and at the end of the day too you know when you do eat clean meals when you aren't you know uber eats usually doesn't show up very uh fresh and, and tasty yeah. anyways <laughs> the, the driver probably ate some off <laughs> yeah it sat in that musty car on the way there but yeah i mean it's the ROI for, for doing that is tenfold, I think. And, and there is so many different, you know, nutrient dense, good meals that you can cook that don't necessarily take an hour. You know, mm -hmm. obviously if you want to get really into some, you know, super intrinsic like <laughs> dinner, <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah. you can spend as much time as possible on something. There's a lot of staples that you could, you know, do quickly, efficiently, and yeah. it would still meet all those needs. Right. Yeah. You kind of just treat it a way as a artist treats a blank canvas. You know, you kind of learn the simple ingredients like, oh, I just got beef and potatoes and and broccoli. It's like, no, you got burgers, you got tacos, you got fries, you got mashed potatoes. It's like these simple ingredients are so versatile. And um, once you kind of just do it once or twice, yeah. the, the next time you do it, you're not as like nervous about fucking up. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you have clients as well who, you know, come to you for body transformations and, mm -hmm. and things of that nature. I think with you, it's interesting too, because you have the culinary experience and then you also have the training experience. So mm -hmm. meshing those two together, I mean, it is like, you know, they are really in alignment. So for, for your clients, like how important do you put an emphasis on what they're eating and how they're eating and, and the quantity and mm -hmm. those kind of things? So there's a couple of things I have them focused on. First and foremost, it is my sole responsibility to kind of curate a structure that fits into their lifestyle. Like I'm not going to have you cook every meal fresh if you're working like 16 hours a day, you know. Right. But if you got a wife and she supports you and your vision and wants that family to be healthy, I'll send her some recipes, she, you know, then you can pack it up for lunch. So my philosophy is that I'm not going to have you count calories. I'm not going to force you to do cardio. We're just going to basic or uh, focus on the basic fundamentals, you know, the principles of eating nourishing foods, high quality foods, you know, having the proper training regimen um, according to your background with, you know, injury, mobility, any medications you're taking, that yeah. sort of stuff. But um, every client is treated individually. And I think they are skeptical of a lot of online coaches because a lot of them have a cookie cutter approach and they're just focusing on the money and the dollar signs. 
and they're not focused as much on the fulfillment. Because, mm. you know, when I have a client that's pre-diabetic or with Hashimoto's or autoimmune diseases, I help them tirelessly until they get to their hard results. Mm. And, I, and I want to do it in a way where it's, it's easy to maintain those results. Um, I'm sure you know, like a lot of people that lose fat, that go through hard boot camps, like the world's, what's that show called? The, the world's, world's fittest uh, or, or fattest loser or something. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Biggest loser. Yeah. It was yeah. like over 70% of them gained all the weight back within like 16 or 18 months because wow. of the hard protocols that weren't sustainable. So that's also something I focus on sustainability. Yeah, that's super important. And I feel like when it comes to a lot of these fad diets um, and, and things of that nature as well, it's, it's that missing piece of sustainability and it's mm -hmm. like how does this fit into your lifestyle so i think that that approach to it has to be super important because it isn't one size fits all right and um you know when i take on these clients i kind of like pry into their life on a very intimate level like hey man if i'm coaching i want to know why you're doing this what's your main motivation and you know from there it's just small incremental lifestyle adjustments that compound over time and that what makes it so easy, especially mm. with the accountability aspect. Like people think I live in the gym or I'm eating like so much proteins. Like I, I have so much time to do yeah. whatever I want, enjoy my life, hang out with friends, you know. Um, so you're really not sacrificing that much at all. It's more so covering the baseline foundation. And then, um, yeah, I want I want my client's health mm. to really improve their lifestyle you know focusing on your health it shouldn't take over your lifestyle it should complement it yeah yeah it's it's like a foundation like a building block <clears throat> to everything else that you want in life and, and it has to fit where it's supposed to be mm -hmm. for uh you know for people that are listening right now and maybe you know they're early in their health journey or they're interested in you know some of the primary movers that they can leverage right away like, what are some things that people may not be doing right now yeah. that they need to be doing and some of the biggest mistakes you see early on with your clients? The biggest mistake and the question I get the most is centered around training. Um, quit the guesswork around training. Build a solid, building a solid foundation um, is really what matters the most in, in terms of, you know, your form your your approach the metric system you're using to track your progress um because this is going to do a lot of things it's going to prevent you from getting injured this can prevent you from wasting your time i mean bro i have clients that have worked out for like four six eight years and like you can barely tell they lift yeah. and it's like they're not doing things the right way so they're just in this hamster wheel you know um but i bet your next question is more in depth like <laughs> what's it gonna look like so you know, we all know that calisthenics guy that's kind of a twig or that power lifter that's like pretty chubby or the bodybuilder that's kind of stiff. Yeah. You want to set up a training regimen for yourself where you address all of your weaknesses. You know, maybe it's mobility, maybe it's strength, maybe it's endurance. You want to train everything and at least be at a sufficient level. Yeah. So, you know, not only do you look good, but you feel good, you move well, you have high energy, you know, you can... You can fight, you can run, you know, it's basic. <laughs> yeah. and, and it sounds really overwhelming, but if you set up a structure and you follow that structure for at least three months, you'll see big improvements 
Um, a lot of people just kind of go into this, hey, man, I'm doing CrossFit for two weeks, didn't really like it, tried doing kettlebells for two weeks, <laughs> not really seeing the results. So, yeah, you, you want to build that foundation. Yeah, I think one thing you mentioned there that's super important, too, is that metric system. Like, mm -hmm. how are you tracking your progress? And, you know, if you are someone that maybe goes to the gym, uh, you know, three, four times a week, and, you know, you do a lot of the same lifts. Yep. Like, how are you seeing that progress? And like you said, the guy that works out for four to six years and then they may not you know, like really average see. At best. Average, yeah. right. So what is the way that you have your clients or yourself personally really track that metric and say, okay, today I did 225 for six. And, you know, now I need to make sure that I'm, you know, progressing along the, along the road. Yeah. So as I mentioned before, my approach with clients um, vary. So some of them just want to lose fat and um, get higher energy. Some of them want to be an anomaly. Like they want to be in that top 0.01% and look, you know, jacked. jacked. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the, yeah, so it really depends. But if you want to get as jacked as possible, you need to be very specific with your training. Um, I kind of do like a power building style where it's powerlifting and bodybuilding. So you're getting strong with your compound movements. And you do specific percentages for specific sets and reps, and you do progressive overload. And it's it's foolproof because as you get stronger, there's no way you're getting smaller or staying the same. Right. So with strength comes size, and you kind of weaponize that principle to um, complement your bodybuilding side where you're kind of just sculpting out the details. So you're building really dense muscle, but you're also getting really intricate details um, making your muscle insertions pop more. That's more the aesthetic side of it. Um, and then just a really good way to tell if you're on the right track is being strong in proportion to your body weight. Right. You know, things like weighted dips, weighted pull-ups. I'm not saying it needs to be the main center of your training, but it's just a really good way to tell um, that you've done really well with what God gave you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting too because you hear so much noise and chattering for the, you know, standard person that's looking for guidance in the fitness industry. You know, you hear a lot of different things like, oh, you only need to work out two times a week and do these movements. Mm -hmm. And then you hear guys saying, like, no, we need to hit volume and those kind of things. So for you, as far as like a standardized approach, what does a split look like um, during the week? How many days of training? You know, what are you focusing on? Um, if you're just talking about like a standard split for uh, muscle gain. Yeah. Um, be, before I get into that, I wouldn't just put anyone onto it. I think a lot of those guys kind of like um, impose their own philosophy and what worked for them onto others. Right, right. And yeah, that that's just like the kind of cookie cutter approach that doesn't work for most people. But for me personally, for muscle gain, I like a high volume um, frequency um, in terms of your weekly training. So, you know, five sessions a week. Yeah. Um, I'll have back one day, chest one day, arms one day, legs one day, shoulders one day. So you're telling me you get a whole day for shoulders and only shoulders and they're not going to grow? <laughs> yeah. Because most people will just say, you know, do some lateral raises when they're already tired and, you know. But if you really want to gain muscle really fast, um, this is a pretty advanced split. It's a, it's going to be quite challenging if you're new and you could face some overtraining issues. But um, that's what I do. 
and it's just fun for me. Like some people dread the gym. I like look forward to it. Yeah. Like even on rest days, I'll be like, can I like work out my calves or something? <laughs> or maybe my neck. I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I f- love the gym too. And I love working out. And so I sometimes think if you're in that category of, of mindset, you have to be careful with overtraining mm-hmm. and you have to also prioritize rest and recovery. So for recovery, Tell us a little bit about, you know, what are some of your go-tos for recovery for someone that is training hard right now? Um, and, you know, what are some things that you see people doing wrong when it comes to recovery? Yeah, so right now, I mean, we're here in sunny Miami, right across the beach. I love getting in the ocean water. It's like a free Epsom salt bath. You're, you're absorbing all those minerals. And I think people underestimate how much you're, you know, your skin is like the second largest organ in your body. Right. So it absorbs so much. It's not just what you eat, but what you put on your body. So right now I'm not that militant about it, but I will tell you when I was on the mission of hitting four or five pound bench, let me tell you, I was optimizing everything. It was ridiculous. Like red light, shut off the blue light. I got to get my deep REM sleep, wake up, get some sunlight, walk in nature, meditate and um, eat my raw testicles, drink my beets. <laughs> like, there, there's there's a pretty, I don't know, like, you can just go really far with it, yeah. really deep into it. But the basics, like, you know, lockdown asana, um, yeah. just in general for general wellness, it does so much for you, detoxing. Uh, cold plunge if you can in the morning. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as I mentioned, like, when we first came up here, like I've kind of like strayed away from that deep like biohacking esoteric stuff because I really do believe like people are focusing on the wrong things. Mm. You know, unless you're like an Olympic lifter or a professional athlete, like bro, if you just want to look at, you don't need to do all of that. <laughs> if it's there, yeah, it's great for you. But you know, focus on the fundamentals first. Yeah, you mentioned some of the esoteric stuff, and in, in terms of like your cooking, I've seen that crossover too and you know incorporating some of these more ancestral if you want to call it ancestral um ways of you know cooking eating when it comes to raw food as well so what are what are some of the things that you've experimented with Mm. in that in that you know kind of category um maybe a little bit more esoteric and and into the weeds here but i feel like a lot of people listening uh you know are interested in it and have seen a lot of it and heard a lot of it if they're you know interested in the show so um I know that you are one of the few that really does incorporate a lot of these uh, foods and ways of living into your lifestyle. So what are some of those things and, you know, how have they helped you? Sustainability, sustainability being one of my main philosophies, um, it transfers over to cooking and nutrition as well. Like yeah. you want your foods to taste good and be nourishing just because you want to eat healthy doesn't mean it has to taste like shit. Um, but there's something I made recently with bull testicles. Yeah. You can make ceviche out of it, and it's amazing. I was okay. I was like pretty shocked because uh, you know Fitz. Obviously, yeah, yeah. He tried it. He was like, "Bro, I can't it taste like shit. It's bulls in your mouth." <laughs> so I I made I made ceviche with it, and um, I was prior to making it, I was collabing um, with Liver King's chef in the DMs. I was okay. like, we're just spitballing ideas yeah. back and forth. So I made it, tasted really good, brought it to um, KG, uh, then uh, just had a bunch of homies there. I was like, yo, try this. Let me know what you think. Obviously, I told them it was balls, but they weren't turned off. And they're like, dude, yeah, it's solid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I take it kind of 
as a challenge when I hear like, dude, this food is disgusting. And I try to find a way to make it taste delicious. Like liver, I will make it into a French style pate. And you know, you don't need to down raw liver. There's, there's like a little bit of nutrient degradation. Yeah. But if you can eat it cooked, that's better than nothing. Cause it's super dense and all the micronutrients covers a lot of deficiencies. You know, a lot of these people have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, shout out Liver King Chef Lionel, right? Is yeah, that- shout out. <laughs> shout out. Lionel, my guy. <laughs> Be dope to work with you one day. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's it's really interesting. And, you know, obviously you get the crazy personalities and everything that goes along with it. But I think that people need to do their own research always when it comes to health and fitness. Like you said, know that it's personalized. But there is some things that are facts. And, you know, foods like liver and other organ meats are extremely, you know, rich in minerals and things that the average American now is extremely deficient in because of monocropping, because of the way our food is produced and because of a lot of the other, um, awful practices of American ecosystem today. So those things are true. And when that whole thing came out with liver King, I was like, this sucks because yeah, if it, I mean, anyone that kind of has some type of knowledge <laughs> knows he was on sauce the whole fucking time. Come on, son. Like, I'm like, you sense. gotta know. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, this kind of sucks because he was helping a lot of people in what he was doing. And now people are going to think it's a fad and, and bullshit when in reality, like a lot of the stuff you was saying, and, and even with the liver is true. Like it is a extremely powerhouse, you know, nutrient dense food. Um, eating it raw is pretty rough. Like, I don't think that's very sustainable you to your be, point, yeah, you but gotta, yeah, yeah, you gotta be a little masochistic for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is a strong taste without a doubt. Yeah. But uh, along that, you know, I think we've seen a decline in, you know, uh, health and, and, you know, men's testosterone specifically too. And I know you work with a lot of men And I know there's a lot of guys that listen to the show, but even for women, I think it's important for them to understand and realize, you know, some of the things that, you know, men may be dealing with or, you know, just in terms of overall deficiencies of nutrients and hormone imbalances that kind of are very prevalent today. So for some of your clients, maybe men in general, you know, testosterone, you talked about working with entrepreneurs. It's such a, you know, foundational hormone for so many other things other than just your sex life. So Mm -hmm. how, you know, have you helped your clients, you know, maybe raise those levels a little bit or, you know, see results. And and what do you think about the whole testosterone epidemic today? Yeah. So with my clients, with the protocols I set them on, first thing they'll notice is a libido boost and an energy boost. I work with a lot of high performing entrepreneurs and, you know, these guys are taking meetings and sales calls all day. And, um, when it comes to the agriculture stuff and the decrease in testosterone over the decades, um, look, man, like we can't, we, not everyone can have their own garden or their own farms. So. Right. Um, that brings me to my next point. You do what's in your control. Uh, mm. the, the idea isn't to get to perfect health. The idea is to attain good optimal health so you can take on the hits and keep going. Yeah. So you can have that body where it's resilient to all the bullshit and env- environmental factors mm. you can't control. But what you can control is your stress. And mm. when, I don't know, like you, like you might think it's kind of a meme, but, your testosterone has a lot of correlation to your mindset. Yeah. You know, like just like grinds it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, 
knowing how to deal with stress and decreasing your cortisol levels and when to utilize stress to your advantage um, can make the huge difference in terms of your mental fortitude um, and by extension, your testosterone levels. Because with stress, you're depleting magnesium, you're depleting theanine, you're, you're producing more estrogen. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just the, the biggest killer. So, you know, learning how to manage your stress is probably the biggest thing. And it's not like avoid stress by all means. It's knowing how to approach your stress and uh, weaponize it to your advantage. Mm. Yeah, it clipped that because that's, that is so important. I feel like today in a stress filled culture to be able to mitigate that in some ways. And like you said, weaponize it because stress is a, is a positive mm-hmm. in many ways. You know, yeah. we talk about the sympathetic state and, you know, what it does to focus. I saw you had recently, um, you know, posted and tried about, uh, tried around fasting. And I think we've heard a lot about fasting, uh, you know, within the last year plus, you know, a lot of, I think fads associated with it as well, but there's obviously a lot of data driven and analytical facts of what it can do in terms of cell turnover and other things of that nature. So for people that, you know, maybe hearing about fasting, looking into fasting, you know, what is your opinion on that and how can we utilize it as a tool and when should you utilize it as a tool versus, you know, maybe straying away? Right. So with all these kind of feds, diets that you're hearing, there will always be pros and cons to it. For example, if you want to go full carnivore, only meat and eggs because you have a skin condition that could heal it. But is it sustainable for long term health? No. So with intermittent fasting, it's kind of a trade off, right? You got that mental sharpness. Your cognition is just like a 24 seven Adderall, Adderall, right. like limitless pill. Um, but then you're kind of high strung. So. If it works for you and your lifestyle, like the guy I was working with in Vegas, busy entrepreneur, he really didn't want to sit down and eat just to get this much more muscle when it's going to impact his energy levels that he needs right. to uh, bring to meetings, then definitely do it. I do it too. Um, not all the time, but most of the time I find that I am most productive with work in the mornings, mornings until noon. Same. So yeah. it's, it's like, it's not even like really intentional. It's kind of just like, naturally your body doesn't wake up and like get hungry some people they do but yeah it just really depends on your lifestyle and the structure you want to set for yourself in terms of you know people who are you know maybe with a personal trainer or have in the past and you know someone who's like macros and um calorie counting you know you mentioned you don't really have that as much and i never for one have you know, been into calorie counting as much as either. And unless I was really, really trying to gain weight, but, um, you know, what's your opinion on that? And is, are there certain macros that we really need to be hitting or is it kind of just, you know, based on, you know, what you're trying to accomplish? It's based on what you're trying to accomplish, but you want higher protein and if you're like, oh, high protein's bad, you can't digest at all. But no, because then you got your probiotics. How are you going to, you know, optimize your digestion? There's things you can take, digestive enzymes, or you can go the probiotic route with, you know, fermented vegetables, um, chewing thoroughly. Uh, but high protein is the thing I focus on the most yeah. just to support my, you know, my physique. But, with fats, don't really pay attention. They're naturally occurring. They kind of come, you know, with the meat you're eating or right. the seafood you're eating. Carbs, um, 
I used to love white rice and I still do. And it's a great carb, especially like for pre-workout. It's really fast acting glycogen. Right. But there's just no nutrients for it. Yeah. And, and the reason why this, this is important is because you want to be nutrient maxing. You want to be in a nutrient surplus while being in a caloric deficit. This is what makes getting lean really easy because you're so nourished. Your body is not craving. It's completely satiated. Mm. Your energy level is great. Your libido is great. Um, you're just all around kind of like a well-oiled machine that's operating with less. Yeah. We need to be nutrient maxing. Remember that. (laughs) That brings me to the point of water. You know, Mm -hmm. we see a lot of, uh, you know, things today. If you're in the the esoteric Twitter space of, uh, you know, tap water, how bad it is for you. We know all of these things, but I think for the, you know, public and, and the common person that's just getting into, you know, maybe what is good for their health. They don't realize how detrimental tap water and some of these other things could be not just for their skin, um, but also drinking and, you know, obviously water is a staple for our health. So what are some of the things that people are maybe missing and what is your take on water and how we should be drinking it? So with water, I actually barely drink tap water. Like maybe I do accidentally, but I'm not really stressing about it. Remember the stress? Yes. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not neurotic about my health because then I'll hit the sauna, get it out of my body at some point. But it's something to look into because compounded over time, you might notice things like skin issues, dry skin, uh, hair loss, things that aren't normal. Um, yeah. and what I do is I'll throw in, uh, really high quality sea salt. And that will just mineralize your water and um, get a shower filter. And it doesn't have to be the most expensive one. But if it gets, you know, a good amount of heavy metals of your water, yeah, then, then that's a net positive. So those are two things you can do. Um, filter your water, throw in some minerals. I can use soul salts. Yeah. You know, I bring it to the workouts. I can go fasted for days, like just using soul salts. Um, and then I'll throw in magnesium chloride and sometimes iodine. Uh, zinc, if I haven't eaten like oysters or, you know, um, something heavy in zinc in a while. So, um, but to say the most hydrated, I love coconut water yeah. and fresh squeezed juices. Um, when I'm drinking that, I know I don't have to drink as much, uh, liquids to stay hydrated. Um, uh, regardless if I'm, you know, performing like a tank out there, out the sun, <laughs> yeah. swimming, running, training hard. So, yeah. Dude, coconut water is such a staple. I drink so much coconut water, yeah. I swear. But you got to make sure you're not drinking the ones that have added sugars and stuff as well. Yeah. Just straight coconut water. That's the only ingredient you want to see. No yeah. added sugar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I I drink that stuff so much. Yeah, bro. The harmless harvest. So yeah, good. the pink one is so good. Um, Costco has one too. That's it's it's pink, like the harmless harvest, organic, and um, just straight up coconut water tastes pretty similar but also really really good um in terms of you know your lifestyle so we've talked about you know stress and and diet and exercise in terms of like outside of that what are ways that you know you've been able to stay right and strong in your mindset in Mm -hmm. your business and as you continue to grow you know what are some things that you really keep as a priority in your life yeah, man, there's, there's seasons for everything, right? When you really want to go hard into business, when you want to get more experience in the dating world and start, you know, taking girls on dates, 
um, or you want to find yourself. <laughs> there, there's seasons for everything, but one thing that stays year round is my health. Just because everything operates from there, people ask like, "Yo, in this picture you look shred to shit." Like, was this a photo shoot? Were you prepping? I was like, "No, I look like this year round, like unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll fluctuate like eleven to thirteen, but like twelve percent body fat is usually where I stay." Yeah. So that's something that always stays with me. At this point, it's on autopilot, and that's where I I get all my clients to get them on autopilot, where it's effortless. So, you know, it's really crucial because there's no point in getting the results if you're just going to go back to your old ways. So mm-hmm. it's really important to stay principle-based. But um, to take it even further, just really tapping into your spiritual side, um, knowing what your mission is on earth is, yeah, and taking it very serious, but yet operating from a very lighthearted place. Not, you know, because, like, you know when to, like, turn up the gears, but you know when it's, like, all right, like, you know, there's always a time and place to talk, time and place to work, time and place to be lighthearted. So you got to tap into that side because one underlooked or undervalued aspect to your health is the social slash communal side. Mm. You know, like, do you have a really good support system? Are you that guy that takes their stressors out on other people or, you know, are you always kind of handling shit while no one even knows you're going through it? Because um, you never want to be the guy projecting. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's so, so important and often overlooked in this space, even, you know, if it's someone just starting off or someone who's trying to like optimize for the 1%, it's honestly counter. It counterbalances it when you're being so neurotic about it, right? Like you're stressing about, oh my God, like I just ate something with seed oils in it. And you're like, oh, like it's that is going to produce more of a negative effect mentally and physically and the stress that you're making up in your brain than that Mm -hmm. will in the, in the short term. So there is a fine line and a balance and it's easy to get immersed in this like extreme culture. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, like you said, the spiritual side, the mental side, those things in the long run, in terms of longevity, life sustainability, your health overall are, you know, should be put on the pedestal in in my opinion. Yeah. I've been in in so many situations like that. I remember I was on a yacht with this like pretty high level entrepreneur and, and he was like, Oh, is it your cheat meal? Like, I was like, bro, I'm not stressed. I didn't even think about like, what I'm doing, like, you know, I'm ripping shots of tequila, not stressing out. Yeah. Just having a good time. And, you know, with that mindset, your body will just get out of your body. Uh-huh. You know, like I said, get your body to good health and it'll, it'll take care of you. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. I feel like early on, even though I was an athlete in college and, and high school and was training and like doing those things, my diet probably wasn't super dialed, mm-hmm. but you know, I was pushing for, for weight gain. I wasn't really caring at certain times. Mm -hmm. Like I was really just trying to, um, you know, perform on the field and be able to, you know, hold my weight on the field. And so it wasn't until after I got out when I started, you know, realizing, and I had already had a base level, 
you know, understanding of training and fitness and, mm-hmm. and also, you know, diet and what, what's good for you and what's not. My mom actually was a personal trainer growing up and was super based way before it became like very popular. Yeah. <laughs> but so like the organic food and everything, yeah, like I, knows. I didn't like grow up with pop tarts and like Coke in my house. Mm-hmm. Like that just wasn't a thing. So yeah. I'm grateful for that and thankful for that because it made the transition easier when I really started cooking for myself. And I kind of had a base level understanding, mm-hmm. but I think what everyone should shoot for is kind of what you said, like getting them on autopilot because at a certain point, like it does become a lifestyle. And that's where I feel like most people fall short is because it hasn't become a lifestyle and it's something they're so hyper-focused on that it is counterproductive in the long run and yeah. sustainable, you know, sustainability becomes an issue too, but it's so easy. Like I wouldn't say so easy, but it is easy to, you know, find foods that you love, find staples, uh, find a way of life that fits in with social and health to yeah. kind of create this full being, which at the end of the day, that's what health is to me. It's yeah. being able to enjoy life as much as you want. You know, obviously yeah. you can have your own goals if you're running a marathon or trying to, you know, get jacked, right. but like it is about being as best as you can possibly be being able to pick up your grandkids one day, like those kind of, those are the kind of things that I think about whenever I'm trying to optimize. And, you know, in terms of our brain and our anatomy and, you know, you know, our neurochemistry and the things that, you know, it helps us with in the long run too. It's how you should be looking at it from a holistic point of view, as opposed to like, I want bigger biceps. (laughs) And I feel like it's easy to get caught in that sometimes for a lot of people starting out. Yeah. And and there are benefits of being jacked, right? Yeah, of course. Um, But like you said, like when was the last time you got sick? And when you do get sick, you bounce back pretty quick because your baseline is so strong. Um, But in the more superficial way, being jacked does have a lot of intangible benefits. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would have gotten a lot of the jobs and opportunities I had if I wasn't such an anomaly. Um, you know, for Asians specifically, like seeing a jacked Asian is like, okay, like, <laughs> what is he doing? Like, no one's asking about my values or seeing what kind of personality I have. They're just like, bro, I'm going to get jacked as you. How do you do it? All right. So, um, yeah, it's plenty of benefits to be jacked. Yeah. I mean, regardless of how we feel, the world is, you know, the way it is and superficial and, and, you know, sees appearance a lot of times. And I feel like that is a trust parameter. Mm -hmm. Like they trust that you are on top of your shit and doing what you need to be doing because it takes discipline to be fit. And so whenever someone sees that aesthetic, it automatically kind of gives you that trust factor and value that someone who may not have that probably wouldn't receive. Yeah, and and I think that's instilled consciously or subconsciously. Right, I've seen it with my in-person clients, where they garner more respect in their meetings when you know it, it kind of gives more validation to the words you are saying. Um, mm-hmm. Even with girls, like you can be straight up authentic, and they'll just respect it. Yeah, but, you know if they can sniff out a phony, then you know you're just gonna lose that trust. Right. In terms of, you know, the spiritual side, I want to talk a little bit about like your journey there. You know, you'd mentioned, you know, meditation and some other things. And I know that, you know, from our previous conversations, you know, you, you are into tying the mind and the body together mm-hmm. and that correlation. So, you know, what is your spiritual journey been and kind of how has that helped you in not just your fitness and your health, but your overall life? 
I got to credit a lot of my spiritual growth to my grandma and my dad and my sister. They've taught me some some things that would lead me to where I am today and I wouldn't be here without them. You know, my sister showed me unconditional love. Yeah. And I can always tap into that feeling or the way my grandma nurtures and cares for me with all of her wisdom and food and kind of how the stoic the stoic behavior my dad operated with, you know, just never really having a sit down talk with me, but just showing me through his actions, mm. giving when he has nothing to have. So uh, being really observant as a child early on in my life, I, I can always tap into those moments just with two seconds, eyes closed and I can just turn it on. And I think that's a really strong form of meditation for me where I'm not just being or escaping or letting go, but I'm really just like turning on different modes and channeling different vibrations for whatever I want to achieve. Mm. And um, I think for me at 22 years old, uh, most guys struggle with getting distracted, abusing stimulants or drugs or whatever. For me, all I need is just to kind of tap into that vibration and then I'm back on track for whatever I need to do. For someone who's hearing this and is like, wow, I, I really want to get on this track to be able to, you know, cultivate that awareness and that control over my psyche and, and the mental aspect of life. You know, what are some tips for the listeners that they can kind of start maybe even just being aware of something or like tapping into that, you know, internal force or that, you know, God inside of us that they can kind of start, you know, progressing down that road to be being more enlightened human being i'd say connecting with other people um you can get really lost in your own bias something i love to do is chatting up with homeless people on the streets and every time i do that i leave the conversation feeling refreshed mm. Um, in terms of training, you need to be jacked because once you get jacked, you realize that physical pain is nothing. And when you realize that's nothing, it kind of humbles you that you are nothing, but not wow. in a self-deprecating way, more so in a way that there is more to life than just what you see. And if you can tap into that, you're going to be an anomaly. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it's a, it's something it's a truth you know within yourself and you don't need anyone else to connect you with on it. So you'll never struggle with being depressed, being lonely, being anxious. You know you got it. Yeah, it's, it's that self-confidence that's built through the pain that you go through physically. Mm -hmm. And it is a mental game as well, you know, to get those last couple of reps and to, to you know, get up early and get your training in and to be disciplined and do that. So, well, it is a physical act, like the mental capacity is the umbrella and it's going to be, you know, the roof, uh, if, if you don't bust through that, you know, mental self-limiting beliefs or, you know, that mindset that may be holding you back at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Bust through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put some force to it. Yeah. I remember, um, I was reading something the other day and the guy was talking about, you know how if you've ever done a ultra marathon or like uh you know a iron man or anything that's like extreme you know physical uh pushing the boundaries of your physical capabilities even in the gym you know it's like everything else seems so easy in life and yeah. and it's like that really does make sense you know a lot of people go through a lot of hardships and um you know it kind of hardens their mind but 
we're living in such a comfortable society now that, you know, those of us that are blessed to have not gone through some other hardships that other people may have, we have to be able to throw ourselves in the fire to like mold and like create those calluses. Yeah. I I am very anti-fragile. The way you build your physical calluses, your mental calluses are developed in the same way. Um, just, you know, things that would have devastated you 10 years ago could happen to you and you won't even be phased because yeah. when you're training, you kind of like understand that this isn't going to kill me. It's going to make me stronger. It's going to make me grow. Same thing with the stressors, you know, like profound heartache, loss of a loved one, mm. things like that. You know, like you don't have to be a robot. You can feel things, but you know, like how to move forward being stronger instead of being instead of letting it control you know your your actions from there on forward for the worse at least yeah what is next for paul what is you know what is your vision for life as you move forward or is there one like what what do you really want to accomplish moving forward i've got this grand vision of what makes me fulfilled in in, in this kind of life i want to have building a beautiful family traveling um, being secure, but, uh, for now, while I'm 22, I'm just kind of, uh, running and gunning it, you know, time, time is at my expense and, um, I can just do whatever I want, however I want. And, um, you know, that's not to be wasted. So I yeah. wake up every day, really ready to get after it right now. My main focus is helping as many men change their lives for the better, you know, when I'm getting messages six months later, a year later, and they're still going, uh, I don't think there's anything more fulfilling to me mm. than that, especially for work. So, um, yeah, just keep on growing my business, keep on helping guys, and um, staying true to myself all along the way. Any of the guys listening right now that are interested in, you know, joining your program, you know, whether it's cooking whether it's you know getting um you know plans from you and and, you know physical advice as well where can they find you and what you're doing so you can find me at training.paul on instagram you can dm me there or on twitter it's coach p-a-u-i i've got some threads i've written you can tap into some of the stuff uh i talk about or we can just book a call and see if it makes sense see if i can really help you um sort your health out uh, worst case scenario, you just get some pointers. Um, and I'm always happy to help. Yeah. I might have to join, honestly, you know, it's, it's, I always, uh, you know, I always love just putting myself, like you said, in those different perspectives. And, and as much as, you know, I've dove into the, these topics and tried to optimize that 1%, like there could be things that I, you know, don't know. And I think that's, something that we all have to hold true is like, we don't know everything. Mm -hmm. We never will. We are nothing at the end of the day. And, you know, being able to live that humble, uh, you know, mindset in life, but at the same time, be confident in what you want to accomplish and what you are capable of. Um, when that comes together and meshes properly, like you become superhuman. Yeah. (laughs) No, there's entrepreneurial truth to what Mason just said. Like when you know you are the shit, but you're humble enough to keep growing and learning, you are an unstoppable force. Like I will research tirelessly for my clients. And if you enjoy this talk and if you're here right now, chances are you're, you're pretty aligned with us. And, um, and that's the kind of people I like to work with. Yeah. So there's a question we love to ask to finish the show and it is what is your definition of success? 
definition of success is whatever it is you envision you can make happen. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Short and to the point. It's mm. it's such a great question because you know, when we talk a year from now and have you back on the show or however long it is, and I ask you the question again, like it may have changed, you yeah. know, and it's, it's this ever evolving thing that's personalized to us, but so many of the answers have so much truth to them. So I always love asking that question, but Paul, thank you so much for coming on the Bye, show, man. man. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I know we're going to, you know, keep growing together and, and stay connected. So best of luck in Tampa too, man. Like Tampa, that's yeah, going to be sick. I'm excited. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. All right, guys. If you enjoyed today's show, leave a comment. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen, give the show a review if you haven't and let us know what you thought of the show today. We always love to hear your feedback so we can make sure we're tailoring it towards what you want to hear and the guests that you want to come on. So thank you guys so much for joining another week of Breathe and Air podcast with my boy, Coach Paul, and we'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace.